Hi, everyone. Welcome to True You Podcast, a storytelling space for self-discovery, where we use this safe, brave space to address racial trauma and healing for Black women through our own lived experiences. I'm Kelly, and this is my co-host. Hi, I'm Debbie, and we're a mother-daughter team having real conversations about real issues shared for and by Black women because we have something to say. So we are so excited today. Um, we have a very special guest today, and I'd like to say hi to Jackie uh, and see how you're doing today. How are you, Jackie? Hello, I'm doing quite well. Thank you. How are you? How are you both? I'm good. good. Yeah, so good to so good to have you on the show. And Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing fantastic. It's it's a beautiful day and. I'm feeling good. Praise God. So good to hear that. Well, we have an exciting topic today. And our our title today is Organ Donation in the Black Community, which we think is a great topic because there's been great disparities when it comes to African-Americans or Black people and organ donation. And we're so grateful to be able to explore and talk about this with not only a professional, but she's also a member of our church. She's a sister in Christ, uh, Jackie, who is the CEO of the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. Jackie, how did you get started in this field? And tell us a little bit about your organization. Absolutely. I, my time with the field um, in looking at the issues of organ donation, the issues uh, surrounding kidney disease, specifically kidney disease and health, uh, spans back actually as I was an early careerist um, in the healthcare in the healthcare leadership field. And to be able to come full circle as I have after a number of years in different segments of healthcare uh, and addressing health equity is truly an honor. Uh, I joined the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois in April of 2019. Uh, so our mission is to improve the health and well-being of persons and really the, just the lives of persons affected by or at risk for kidney disease through education, prevention, and empowerment. Um, and as it pertains to organs, and I know we'll go more into that, uh, 80% of the organs that people are waiting for on the waiting list are, you know, are kidneys. Mm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that, Jackie. We, we appreciate it. And as we've done some research on this topic, um, we know that history shows that African-Americans are less likely to become organ donors, uh, especially compared to to uh, our white counterparts, and mostly due to the fact that they think they might not receive the necessary medical treatment if the doctor found out that they were an organ donor, that they might, you know, just let them die. What are your thoughts about this? Fully understand uh, the concerns, you know, of the community and, and the apprehension uh, as we know, you know, going back in the literature of what has happened uh, to African Americans in that have been subject to uh, unequal treatment in the areas of not so much just transplantation, but you know we're all familiar 
uh, with the Tuskegee studies, uh, the Henrietta Lacks, you know, we can go on and on. So understand that apprehension and to move forward with your question about where we are today with that. There are, there are guardrails is a good way to say it, or policies and procedures to mitigate or prevent or attempt to prevent or mitigate those types of situations from occurring again. Um, There's been more education, uh, both for the population, for Black people, as well as the medical industry, you know, and the healthcare providers on the issues of health equity, uh, systemic racism in healthcare, and how it's impacted us. So we have come away in that in that arena and have oversight in looking to assure this does not happen. Um, can you say absolutely? No, that's why we're here to educate, to continue to educate, to have policies that address quality, quality expectations for you know the transplant centers, for the uh, organ procurement organizations, all, I would say the entire continuum, I'll put it that way that's involved in the organ donation process. You, you mentioned education um, for those that are potential organ donors. What, what does that look like? What kind of, what does it look like? That education. So when we, it's familiar, right? First, make, we can start with awareness uh, because so many Black, so many of us, you know, so many African-Americans are not aware of the life saving or life giving aspect of an organ donation and what it means. There are so just really creating that awareness, how to sign up, you know, for example, signing up through the through the DonateLife.org, the Secretary of State's office, you know, what that means, what that entails, the fact that with and by, you know, signing, I would say signing your license, you know, and an important fact, telling your family, advising your family of your of your wishes, which is very important uh, for both deceased donation and living donation. Uh, that's where that's part of the education, having that understanding and uh, about some of the and addressing some of the religious and cultural barriers or myths that tend to still continue to, to, I would say, perpetrate or continue on in the black, you know, black community about what, you know, I'm taking my organs with me. I'm taking everything I have with me when I go. Uh, And we, you know, we still, we very much still hear that today and across generations, not, you would think you would hear that only for more seasoned individuals, not necessarily. And then, of course, it's the mistrust issue uh, that we talked, we just talked about. So all those points of education uh, are, are part of the process, as well as readiness for donation from the, you know, from the clinical you know, perspective, what the organ donation process includes so that people have a better understanding of that as well. Amen. Thank you so much, Jackie. So powerful to hear hear um, hear someone that we know that is uh, doing ministry in that area, and it's so important. Thank you so much, Jackie. Kelly, what what are your thoughts on this? 
No, um, you make some very valid points, um, um, Jackie, but um, I do, I think like, like how you already spoke about, like it's the, the mistrust um, and, and just in the community, people talk and you hear stories and they might not be true. Um, they might be true, you know, but like those stories live longer than, you know, the people who are who are living. And so you hear these horror stories about organ donations and, and mistrust in hospitals and um, and just that process. So for me, I signed up to be an organ donor with the Secretary of State. And I was part of like the advertising for um, Gift of Hope and and they paid like um, like marketing, advertising. And I think also we need to see us as part of that, like see visually like, okay, there are black people who are, um, who are giving, you know, organs who are saving, you know, who are part of, part of that process and knows that it saves lives. And, and we can be in the community expressing that as well um, because of that mistrust. So you trust the people in your community. So if you hear it from someone you trust, you'd be more, more likely to, to also you know, be a part of that change and, and kind of change that outlook. But I do think that people are going to, some people, you know, they, they're, they stand on what they stand on and you can't really change them. But I think representation means a lot as well. So um, that's what, that's my input on that. But um, I do want to just add um, like on the flip side of that, that um, African-Americans, and I've done like some research on this as well, they, they show the highest rate of kidney disease, and they are also the highest on the waiting list for kidney transplants, um, but they are still less likely to receive donations. So when it comes to being a living donor, that's, that's one way around the organ shortages, but um, minorities in general still, like I said, they don't trust the hospitals. Um, so Ma, you, I, you know, you were a uh, live donor for a kidney transplant, um, and I think it would be great if you could share your story on, um, on, on your journey and in that process. I am pleased to share share my story. Um, it was for a coworker who was experiencing uh, not only kidney disease but several other um, health challenges, and uh, my coworker was at a point where uh, he would need to go on dialysis and he just, um, you know, asked all of us to pray and we continued to pray for him um, during our staff meetings. And so what happened was um, a plea went out to, to the staff and to anyone we might know if we would just go get tested. And so I did, I, I told him, well, I'll go get tested and see if, I, if I'm a, a donor. And uh, it, it worked out to where I was uh, eligible to be a donor, but <laughs> they felt as though um, the person that was supposed to receive it, they didn't think he was well enough to receive the, the transplant. And so at, um, so then they asked me, would I, you know, um, still participate in the live donation to someone else? And I said, would it, would it, uh, by my donating, would would uh, that then make my coworker eligible for a kidney? And they they told me no again. And so I said, well, I'd have to pray about it. And um, I had just decided I wasn't going to do it if he 
was not able to receive the kidney donation. But as it turned out, uh, things worked out to where I was able to donate to him. Uh, this happened back in um, 2011, where the donation took place. And uh, I feel so good about the fact that he, he is doing well. Uh, we're looking 10 years, well, almost 11 years later, and uh, he's still doing quite well. And so it, it just looks, it just reminds me of the power of God and how prayer works. I mean, they didn't think he'd make it, but here he's still here 11 years later. And I feel good about it. I am healthy. Um, I had, I have had no issues with donating. Um, I walked out of the hospital, I think two days, about a day or so later. And my function, my kidney function of my other kidney is, is fine. Uh, I have had no problems. And so I'm just thankful to God that I was able to to be a, um, you know, someone to, to donate. And it also gives me great pleasure in sharing for others to do the same. Um, I am healthy as an ox. I uh, may have some arthritis from here and there, but it has nothing to do with what, um, you know, the kidney donation and all is well. So I'm grateful for that. I am so grateful. Um, I think I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. It is. It absolutely is. And um, Reverend Debbie it's really as as Kelly just stated, you telling your story has so much impact. You know, we can come forth with the statistics, the 12.9%, how many people, you know, the over 4,000 people that are on the waiting list, you know, for example, in Illinois, the fact that over 20 people are dying a day per day when they don't receive the gift of that life-saving organ. People need to hear the whole 360. They need to know the data. They need to know the, the real the science, and they need to hear the stories. Amen. Yeah, that is true. And so, Jackie, you've already shared about like the waiting list and and some of your thoughts. Did you have anything else to add? While why you think um, it's so difficult for um, African Americans to get on the waiting list? For those that are looking to get, a, I just want to make sure I'm clarifying. Get on the waiting list in terms of those that are waiting for a kidney that are waiting for a kid to receive a kidney. They need a kidney from that standpoint. Because, um... uh, you know, part of it is the, the centers, and this is being just, you know, addressed at a national level. Uh, the centers have, I would say, real strict uh, guidelines in terms, of, and, and Reverend Debbie alluded to this, you know, uh, for her, you know, for her recipient, real strict guidelines about the, the the clinical condition you need to be in to receive the kidney. And if you have a number of comorbidities, and uh, as we are aware, and, and you mentioned, you know, so uncontrolled, for example, uncontrolled diabetes, uncontrolled hypertension contribute to the downstream disease of kidney disease, condition of kidney, and particularly chronic kidney disease, and moving further down to kidney failure, which is when you need dialysis or a transplant. So for us as African-Americans, and, and due to health disparities, we are overrepresented um, to, to answer that. So it becomes a little more challenging 
for us uh, to be considered clinically ready to get on the list, you know, as an example, um, that has been a barrier. Uh, we recommend to individuals that they list with more than one center because some centers um, are a little, I would say, you know, they they uh, are, have a little a broader approach, you know, to donation. Uh, but that those that's a reason. So there's others, but I didn't, you know, want to be respectful of time. But that is one of you know one of the reasons. And I think that cultural aspect of how to communicate with black with us, you know, with black people of what we need to do and how we need to do it in a respectful manner and provide and identify resources. Uh, is so important and that can be a barrier you know resources to get in the condition for a transplant right right and i've i've heard many times before where um patients are seen as non-compliant or they're not following diets where they don't have access but they don't have access to to those healthy foods and and so that's you know it's not that they're not being compliant you know, it's, it's an equity issue. Um, and so, um, just realizing that being a piece of that, it's, um, really important as well. It, it is. So um, for us at the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, we have a clinical dietitian on staff and free of charge. Uh, I, and really through this podcast to get that, that, this opportunity to advise, you know, the listening audience, um, to, you know, to call us, you know, go on the website, nkfi.org, a request, you know, a session with the, the nutritionist because she has helped individuals get ready. She has provided, you know, specific diets, diet recommendations, et cetera, because you, as you said, Kelly, if people are in a food desert or a food swamp, and a food swamp, I'm sure you've heard that, you may have heard that term. And what that is, is when you have a number of stores or outlets, but the food in them is not as healthy, and you may have a lot of them, which is what makes it a swamp, it's it's it, another, another barrier, so. Absolutely. Um, thank you, Jackie, that, that's very insightful. Um, I. We did. We already kind of touched on this, but um, another way to um, contribute to that shortage is, is um, prevention and um, getting healthier um, and decreasing those cases of high blood pressure and diabetes in our communities. Um, so, how, what do you feel like would help to reverse those conditions? You did mention the the dietitian um, with your organization as free of charge, by the way, which is great. Um, but what else would you say um, would would be to, to reverse those conditions? And um, I don't know if, ja um, Ma, if you wanted to jump in on what you think, or, or Jackie, if you had um, anything to expound on, on what you've already stated. I can, I can tell you what we do real quickly and, and definitely want to hear from Reverend Debbie. So for NKFI, it's two answers. Get, get screened, so that is, you know, from the early detection standpoint, we have a kidney mobile that goes around the state uh, and, and participates in we partner with community-based organizations to screen individuals so they can find out if they are at risk for kidney disease. Uh, and then the second part of that is to talk 
to your primary care provider. And, and part of that education is knowing the risk factors. If you are at risk, talk to your provider, get screened, tell your provider you're at you're at in the at-risk population, request that they do a kidney function test, and then that will prevent the progression. Uh, unfortunately, at this point in time, there's a lot of research that's occurring. Is you can't reverse it. In, in other words, as you is five stages of kidney disease, uh, but get tested. Prevention, the exercise, nutrition, uh, the diet, and testing, and working with your your PCP, um, and getting a referral to a nephrologist if needed. So that, that, those were some of my key points. I know Reverend Debbie, you have additional insights too. <laughs> Well, you hit hit it hit the nail on the head. But the one thing again is to stay stay in touch with your primary care provider, and that's one thing that my doctor does for me because she knows that I did I am a donor, and she watches my kidney function. I um, continue, and one thing is drink lots of water. She tells me to drink it all the time. Drink just drink water anytime you think about it, and that's for anyone to keep your kidney cleansed. And um, that's that's the one thing that I can add. Jackie, you hit the nail on the head, though. There's nothing more I can add to what you've already shared. Uh, but something that we always touch on, one thing that we always touch on on this podcast is identifying the trauma and also what do we need to do for racial healing. And Jackie, what is something that the Black community needs for racial healing when it comes to organ donations and trusting healthcare and the stigma. And I know you touched on it a little bit already, but if you can, we can kind of circle back to that and just hit it again. And, and if you can share that one more time for us. It's, you know, becoming part of a larger community where we can share our stories, where we can access, and you talk about the trauma and access uh, behavioral health services. And that's, you know, that's, an, and I know you've talked about that, you know, in an excellent way on the podcast and other, you know, in other episodes, uh, having end-stage renal disease or kidney failure has, you know, challenges with it, significant, you know, challenges when, particularly when you're on dialysis three times a week, you know, four to six hours. Uh, and so being able to share a support group prayer, and I know that that's something, you know, that 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 strategy is a life changing strategy um, from that, you know, from the support standpoint, at educating yourself, educating your family, holding your providers accountable can help reduce the trauma, you know, that comes uh, that that comes from this, you know, from organ donation. And one part is that when you are the donor family and particularly in a deceased donation situation where you've lost a loved one, um, having that willingness to, you know, particularly if, if your loved one has not signed up or indicated in advance, you know, but having that, that willingness to um, donate that gift of life to save another life or a series of lives uh, because one donation can potentially help eight individuals and improve the quality of life for 70 more. 
is is another request and some of the healing comes through that part of the trauma is a you know um and it can it it does make a difference we've heard the stories amen yeah thank you jackie it is it's so important and i just want to reiterate what you just shared making sure that if you have not um filled out the back of your card your uh, or, or made made it known to your family um, that you are uh, you need to make sure they know that you're an organ donor and uh, being able to be in that space with uh, that healthcare professional and let them know you know yes this is what the family wants uh, it's so important and again it would save so many lives it really would and so thank you so much for that Jackie um, what a gift you've been what a gift. Kelly, anything else to share? Yes, yes. No, thank you so much. Um, it's been rich of information and um, just the stories. And, and I, I, I know, like, it's touched me, so it, it's going to touch someone who's listening. Um, so I'd like to thank you, Jackie, for joining us and spending time with us today. Um, that does it for our um, episode today. Um, we want to thank all of you out there for listening and taking the time to to hear this important message on today's podcast. Um, and overall, we're wishing you love, peace, and blessings. Um, so bye, everyone. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you, Jackie. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you. True You is brought to you by Radiant Vessels and sponsored by Proviso Partners for Health.